In a previous episode of Tech Seeking Human, I had a conversation with co-founder of Siri, Adam Chaya. And it really dawned on me how difficult it is to have a conversation with an AI assistant and have it understand you. So I was fascinated to have this conversation with Verbit and their chief operating officer. And in this particular conversation, I was really drawn into trying to understand how does an algorithm understand all the different languages and all the different accents, particularly someone who's Australian and it never seems to get it right. But getting it right is absolutely critical when you're doing transcription services for governments, for media organizations, for legal fraternities. This is a really interesting conversation to understand how an AI works for natural language processing and what the use cases are. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to the Tech and Seeking Human podcast and today I'm joined by Ariel Utnick who is the COO at Verbit. Ariel, how are you? I'm good, thank you for having me Dave. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Verbit does and then we're going to get into the challenges of using AI to uh, process um, human natural language. So Verbit is um, the world-leading uh, voice platform, which means that we help uh, organization get um, transcription, captioning, audio description of their uh, audio or video. Um, you know, in a, enable to um, enable them to get a professional transcription for different type of use case, such as education, media, legal, corporate, and other uh, uh, verticals. And you've got an accent. What's your accent? I'm uh, originally from Tel Aviv. Um, so this is uh, where the accent comes from. We can talk about accent later and how it's uh, connected to um, to voice AI and how voice AI can deal with this uh, type yeah. of accent. No, because I did. I wanted to talk about that because as a frustrated Australian, Every time I say the word like data or data, in Australia we say data, it literally will come up as like data and of course it's data. And so the ability of an AI to understand all these different accents and then be able to still transcribe and put the right sort of wording on there must be really challenging. Yeah, so I think you 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 nail it on the head. So it's 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 both accent and uh, noise background. So you think think about um, a recording that happened in a train station and there is a background noise. So I think one of the development where the technology really can can help is around dealing with background noise and different type of accent because the models can be trained for specific accent. So the Tel Aviv accent, the Australian one, the Indian one. At the end, we all speak English, but it's a different type of pronunciation and, and, and um, a good AI is able to deal with it. Um, and in some case, you also need uh, the human uh, element because as I explained er uh, earlier, Verbit is really focused on professional transcription. So what is the yeah. difference between transcription to professional transcription? You can have the AI do some nice type of work you know, we, we all use uh, Alexa and Siri and, and others, but it, it has its limit, right? Even if you have the model trained for a specific accent or to deal with some background noise, there'll still be missing gap. And this is the connection between the 
uh, AI to to the HI, the human intelligence, mm. right? Which perfect the, the audio to the 99%. So on, on places where you need to have really high accuracy, you need also the HI part. And the, the way to connect between the um, AI that will be dealing with accent and background noise is to complete it with HI, which is coming from the same um, background. So if, if we yeah. will do a transcription of, of this um, podcast, maybe it will be better that the, the, the HI, the human that will perfect it to 99, <laughs> will will be will have some Australian or or, or Israeli uh, yeah. um, a background which will be able to pick up the way that we pronounce as with the same example that you gave between data and data and and and, and those type of uh, differences. So it takes a human then to understand the the variations, and then my assumption would be. Does it learn? Like, so is it getting better? Like, and and in in <laughs> two three years time, I will finally be able to get onto a video, and it will transcribe me and get everything right. Nearly, I always use words that don't make any sense to anyone in the world, and no AI will ever figure it out. But let's just say, is it learning over this period of time? So, and as it transcribes, it gets smarter, and then it picks up more. So, so it's a great question. I think you know. All the AI companies invest in training their model. Mm. So first, let's understand how they train the model. The only way to train a model is to give him the truth, right? What is the truth? The truth is the AI plus the HI, right? With the human, the 99. So those companies invest tons of money on transcribing 99% and feed their model in order to deal better and better with... um, um, and getting higher accuracy, which, you know, probably you get you to the 90%, but 90% is is nice, but not sufficient where you need high accuracy. Yeah. Then the second level of training can happen on a specific uh, um, use case. So you have the general model, so Siri have a general model, but then you can say, okay, let's build a model for a specific vertical, all, all podcasts, okay? So we will build a model that is specific for podcast, maybe for specific uh, type of jargon can be, I don't know, IT podcast or AI podcast. So he will know some of the jargon as well. Mm-hmm. This would be the next improvement. The, 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 the following improvement can be on a specific person. So think about that we will take all the podcasts that you did, that you're doing, and train the model only for Dave. This will already perfect probably the differences between data and data, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you will use it and, and the, we will perfect it once, twice, and then it will pick up. It will be already tailored for you. And and the next generation on top of that can be something can that the AI that can be trained on the fly, meaning during the podcast. Think about that we have an AI now that is putting the captions to, to, to our conversation. And during the session, we have humans that fix stuff and during the session itself, the AI is being trained, which is something that nobody but Verbit is doing today. And 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 I think this is really can take the, the accuracy for um, for even a higher uh, higher level. Yeah. So uh, you talk about accuracy because I'm a um, Peloton junkie, so it's a fitness brand, and I get on there and they do captions because sometimes. I'm just too tired to be able to understand what they're saying when they're speaking and um, it's 90% accurate and in that use case you kind of go, 
Yeah, it's okay. Because when they say like take it up to five or whatever, you're going to take it up to whatever you want to take it up to anyway. But like in a legal setting or government, as an example, you can't have 90%. You have to have 100%, right? Totally agree. I think, um, you know, you, you touch on the legal. I'm always giving the example, you know, you have 10,000 words and you didn't only one mistake, but the mistake is between guilty to not guilty. You didn't pick up the not, right? It's unacceptable. It's There are mistakes that cannot happen in, in, in legal proceeding. And this is where companies like Verbit really, really uh, shine. Um, but also, you know, you touch the peloton and it's a great example because when we think about captioning and transcription, it's it's really um, it's in, if, if we look back, the, the captioning and transcription was available more for people with some kind of a disability, hard of hearing, oh, for yeah. example. But today, the way that we consume media, there are people that prefer to read, and the Peloton example is, is great. I'm 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 doing the same exercise on my Peloton, and and I'm always you know prefer to read rather than listen listen to it maybe i have a specific interest into uh, the, uh this topic but but i think oh, I think about social media so nobody's opening um tiktok and and really um listening to it right they they they, they uh, my, my see my daughters they prefer to read it because you know there are people in the room they don't want to to make a lot of noise you're on the train by default it's it's off so the the captioning that that are available over there basically change the way that we consume and, and, and listen to stuff, right? Um, I don't know if maybe in the future we will also read the songs, but at least songs we are still uh, listening, but the rest is the, the human mind really, um, for, for some of us, prefer to read than, than to listen. But you hit on a, f- a fascinating point, because as you were talking at the start, I started thinking about how, yeah, I prefer to have the words on, and, and I'm really lazy when it comes to posting videos to LinkedIn, and I know most people don't turn the audio on, and they prefer to have like a, some kind of transcription and written. But as far as I can remember, when I was a kid, I would buy a CD and the CD would have the lyrics in it. And maybe it was because all of the musicians that I listened to, I couldn't understand a word they were saying. So I would sit there as they were singing and I would read the lyrics and I would understand in greater detail what they were saying. And I wonder whether that's something that when we're, you know, posting these videos that, you know, having that, I mean, I assume... You know, you talk about the disability part and that's a really critical piece, right? Because we want to be as inclusive as we possibly can. But I also think my point was sort of like, I think there's an element of like humans just like to be able to get multiple stimulus. And if they can't really understand their accents, they can read it at the same time. I I totally agree with you. You know, let's think about podcasts, for example. So, you know, podcast is relatively new. 20 years ago, nobody was doing podcasts, right? Mm. If you would want to, to give someone your opinion or, or to talk about something, you will interview him and, and publish the, a blog, right? Yeah. Question and answers. Now, everyone is doing podcasts, which is great. It's easy to consume. But the human mind and, and a lot of us prefer also to read. So, so is in class. So leave aside people that are hard of hearing, but also people that are hearing prefer to have some kind of a text or a summary and to read it while they it's easier for them to to, to study out of it. So I think the, the revolution of video and audio that we, we we had in the last 10, 20 years is, is now being um, adjusted with the text next to it. So, you know, even mm-hmm. think about Google, right? Google is 
searching text. If you want to find a podcast or a video or something, you're searching in Google, but Google mm-hmm. doesn't able to look into the video. The only way to do it is to transcribe the video and put it on, uh, as the metadata on your page so Google will pick it up. So to search videos, the only way to do is, is having the, the, the transcription. And this we see more and more companies, video platform that are enabling those search capabilities because they do understand that the assets are in the video or in the audio, but the, the, their, uh, their customer really want to search in, in, into. So, and, and the only way to do it is text. Hey, so I don't know whether you're doing this or you're seeing this at the moment, but we obviously spent a couple of years in lockdown and a lot of us probably had transcription services on of some degree. And so we're reading as people are talking to understand what they're saying. And hopefully we'll get this podcast and video transcribed as well so people can follow it. But I wonder about hybrid events. Like I've sat in big IT events and there are people talking on stage and they've got big screens, but you can't quite see and it's and it's hard in an event. And I wonder, are you seeing now in this hybrid world, people transcribing live at large events? So during the last two years, we saw a big pickup on the virtual event because everyone was on yeah. Zoom. Then you want to have the captions and some people, and it's closed captions. You can decide if you want to see them or not, right? Depend on you. And now when we see the events start coming back, we see more and more companies understand that they need to have the captions. Now, captioning is one thing. The other one is saying, okay, you're going to an event and you are coming from Germany and your English is not perfect and you prefer to see, to read it in in, in German. So it's not only about having the captions or or the transcription of what people are saying, but give it to me in my language, okay? And then you see big events that are, are being more accessible, not only in English, but on other languages. It's funny how these disruptions that occur in society cause us to, to act. Like they cause us to sort of change. And we're like, as a result, like I immediately now is just sitting there picturing people are probably like in the past, they would sit in an event and they would probably try and understand it. And then they would post it to Twitter. And I used to sort of learn that way. I would sort of write down what they said and I would sort of use Twitter as an opportunity for me to learn. And then I'd see what other people are saying on Twitter and I'd sort of follow a live feed on Twitter. But sort of what you're saying now is actually multiple languages can come together and people that are hard of hearing in one location you stream it out to an app of some sort you have the transcription service and your ability to understand what people are saying would be significantly greater than if you were just sitting listening beforehand exactly and and you know there are complete uh, completing services that can be available uh, can be available as well such as dubbing instead of i don't want to read german i as a german i prefer to listen to german so if you can provide me with dubbing, which, you know, repeat the same voice, but but in German, or if I'm blind, I cannot see what's going on the stage. I can hear very well, mm. may, maybe better than most of the people, but I cannot see what they do. And I need what is called audio description, which explain me, you know, the visualize that I cannot see. Okay, so now the speaker is doing ABC or whatever. Think about the movie, right? They hear very, uh, in 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 the best way you know what 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 what's what is going on but they did not cannot see what's going on on the screen and those all those completed services are really making you know the experience of of video um um accessible to everyone hmm. in 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 the way that they want to consume it in their language 
in, in the format that they want. So I want caption or I want dubbing. And also, you know, with the ability to visualize what I'm seeing. Are you seeing different industries pick up this or different regions pick it up faster than other regions? So there are, there are several, uh, I would say, motivators for, for that. One is regulation. So if you look on uh, hard of hearing, there is the ADA and the FCC on education and media, which force the regulator decide to force those, those companies to, to be more inclusive. Uh, but we do, we do see the shift on other industries. You, we talked earlier about students that are hearing students that prefer to see it written. But let's think, for example, on uh, the financial service. Let's think about an earning call that is happening. Mm-hmm. We know that on, on this earning call, the CEO or the CFO will report on the results. And whatever they will report will impact their stock. So there is a need to understand what they said fast in order to take an action, buy or sell, right? Now, there will be people that will try to listen to the call and try to run and and sell or buy, but how can you do it when during two weeks there are 1,000 companies report uh, uh, the results and you're a financial institution that would like to do it fast. So the only way to do it is to get a transcript, fast transcript, uh, and today the standard is around somewhere between four hours to 24 hours, we are able to do it between between one hour to four hours, so we give you an advantage. And then there are companies that are applying NLP, okay, to take an action. So we can compare if we have the transcript of the last six um, earning calls. You can run an NLP saying, okay, what is the trend? Is 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 the is the stock is better or or or, or worse versus the previous earning call? And then the you start to apply technology on that. And the only way to do it is if you have the transcription accurate and fast. Yeah, and Verbit is basically the, the engine for it. Yeah, so you were... <laughs> I was laughing when you talked about earning calls because like the 90% accurate would be like, so we grew the business by 1 million. And everyone's like, what? What did he say? No, we grew it by 100 million. Sorry, <laughs> we, got, we got the <laughs> translation wrong. So you can see why that's important. But then also you're thinking about, do you learn on a particular person? I mean, most CFOs, COOs or whatever, they're in the business for a relatively long time, CEOs for that matter. So my assumption would be you could learn that person's dialect over a period of time, which means you can get way faster at being able to deliver. When they go to do their earnings results, you could be much faster at being able to do it. And I would say that would be a massive competitive advantage exactly so you, you know you can ha- you can learn the person as we discussed you can build a model for specific company so we do the microsoft earning call and we have 20 earning calls of microsoft previously we know the name we know the jargon it can be very um the asr can be um the ai can be trained quite um uh, efficiently and then the the human will perfect what they need and you get it very fast mm-hmm. but you also can run some kind of sentiment analysis, okay? Mm. And, and try to understand is the person is more positive or less positive than the way he talked in the previous two earning calls. So suddenly the technology can add an additional insight that maybe you cannot have without. We have another example on the legal. Think about a witness that is doing a deposition of eight hours. He's been asked again and again questions from different directions. And if the um, if the AI is able to pick up and say, "Hey, this this question is was asked in a different way, but there is a different answer over here," and to point it out to the lawyer that is sitting with him in the room, it's called for the lawyer. 
or sentiment analysis. He's, if he's more positive or, or, or less positive than he was two hours ago. So you really start to build, to get insight and, and, and understand the dynamics during those, those, um, do, during those audio and video. If I was to, can I do a really simple question for you and go like, so, so this is a, an algorithm of some sort that gets fine-tuned and it learns over a period of time. Like if I was going to explain it to my mum and dad and go, what's the difference? Like do all these algorithms start out for all natural language processing? Do they all start out relatively similar? So, so go like, how long has Verbit been going for? Where did it start? How is it different? And I guess, do they all sort of start in the same place, but it's all about how they learn in order for them to get smarter and that provides you competitive advantage. Does that make sense as a question? Yeah. So I think, you know, they, what I call the AI, one of the main component of the AI is what's called an ASR, automatic speech recognition. Mm-hmm. And basically there is um, libraries that all the companies can start with. Okay. So we can say everyone starts... Um, more or less um, at the same stage. And then it really applying the additional technology to it. So Verbit has basically developed our own ASR, okay, which we control, which we are able to perfect. And if we're dealing with media content, our ASR is first trained for media. And then if we do media for a specific news channel, we can make a model for this specific news channel right? Mm-hmm. If it's a weather channel, right? So they probably they will talk about more about uh, um, hurricanes and storms, yeah. which if, it, if it's a, um, I don't know, um, a Congress a, a, a channel, it will probably have a different type of uh, wording. Um, and then you, you're able to tailor it to the specific channel itself, which I don't know, re- report about the weather, but in California, okay? So they're probably going to take about streets and names of people that are in California. So as much as you're able to train your, your AI um, to the specific model, as, as accurate it can be. And the, again, the only way to train is using what we call the real truth. And the real truth is what the human perfect, right? So Verbit is a company that have both technology of, of AI and the ability to provide you with with a human transcription have basically both sides. So we are always using um, the human, the truth, to perfect our ASR more and more, and by that providing our customer with a faster turnaround, lower cost, and higher accuracy. All right, so here comes a controversial question. Well, it's not really controversial, but let's say over time, my assumption would be as the AI gets smarter, the need for humans reduces, the, the need for humans to be involved in the process would go down. So if we get into the future, does that mean we could get to a state where it has learned almost everything that it needs to learn and it can literally just run on its own very efficiently at really rapid speeds without human interaction? So I think it depends what you need. If you need to talk with Siri, and you don't care that she will not understand you and ask you, hey, what do you mean? Did you mean toilet paper or uh, tissue paper? It's fine. But if you're talking about a deposition, we are talking about media, we are talking about places that you need high accuracy, so the ASR will not pick it up because mm. you cannot train it based on 
all the human in the world and get it to the level of investment in order to to have a model per person or per all the topics in the world um so I think there are places for play, uh, for 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 uh, AI uh, to be used and there are places where you need professional transcription where the HI will always be part of it yeah there's always a role for us humans as part of this do you use Siri if I use Siri my daughter is addicted to Siri really it's not it's not only ask her to do stuff but she's like like a friend she, she discussed with her and and you know what's I think um I don't think Siri is picking up good enough my accent but definitely my uh, daughter that was um raised here in America um able to to um, communicate quite efficiently with Siri I don't know whether and this is off topic but I don't know whether Siri and oh, I've got to be careful about the words that I use because it fires off all of them I don't know that they're getting smarter in the last four to five years I almost feel a little bit like they've gone backwards so if I'm talking with you know expert around AI they are claiming that there is um there is a ceiling to, to where the AI can go yeah right um, because again, the only way to improve the AI is, is, is providing more and more training data. And it's not sure that it's cost effective. You need to provide millions of dollars in order to get, I don't know, maybe half percent. Does it worth it? So those companies are, are, mm. are, are not doing it anymore. They want to maybe to expand language, but it doesn't cost effective to continue and to, to improve it above a, a specific uh, a point of time. Mm. Um, and this is why I said, I think there is there is a place for what the AI should do and what um, the AI NHI, which is a professional uh, transcription, yeah. would do. Yeah, I can see your use case being like, you just need to have 100% accuracy and it needs to be right and, and you'd be you'd almost you feel good about the fact that you're actually going to go through the content and improve on it on the flip side someone like the search companies and 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 apple and these lights you almost kind of go like you're going to go what you're going to go study everything that i've been talking into my device and you're going to perfect it and why are you doing that again sorry you don't really have a service for that apart from voice search which my kids i don't know whether your kids do this but my daughter has learned to use voice search before she really has learned to type and she'll always use voice search, which I find sort of fascinating and, and maybe where the future is going to be, where people will naturally just use language and expect our computers to be able to respond in real time with near on 100% accuracy. Yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree. You know, my, my daughter is, um, I was surprised I was a... Uh, traveling and I was texting with her and, and she sent me long texts and said wow her, her ability to to dictate and write is, is amazing and then and then I understood that she basically dictate to Siri so she speaks and Siri dictated and it's it's working um good enough but what is good enough and I want to explain you know when we talk mm -hmm. about 95 percent accuracy or 98 percent accuracy which is probably the ceiling for what AI can 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 provide it means that every you have one mistake every 10 words. Now, if your kid writes you a message, one mistake every 10 words is fine. But think about a CEO that's standing on the stage as a keynote for a big conference. Would you accept a mistake every 10 words? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's unacceptable. Not yeah. even every 20 words, right? So um, 
I think it's, it's really depend on, on how it's being used. If we think about us as a consumer, maybe it's good enough. Mm-hmm. If we think about businesses and professional transcription, it's, it's unacceptable. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, and I find it fascinating. I found this when we were originally talking, I said, I'm going to talk to someone about, you know, basically, you know, voice transcription services and AI. I got very excited about it. How long have you been in the industry for? So, you know, um, I would say in the high tech industry, 25 years. Um, I joined Verbit um, three years ago. Um, we are a relatively young company, five, five years. Um, five years down but I think we we did a very um, nice journey we just announced our Series C mm-hmm. uh, worth two billion dollars so wow. probably we are doing we are doing something right and I think we are playing in in an industry which is has a big demand for for um, uh, for voice platform yeah I was gonna ask are you a are you a private company or are you public and um, what's the roadmap look like can you talk about it so we are private com- uh, um, company. Um, we are VC backed, um, and you know um, we we are looking into um, being a public company somewhere in the future and start preparing for it. When the time will be right and the market will be right, I think we will do it. Can I ask you a question? You're an Israeli company. The tech scene in so- is Israel is unbelievable. So many companies that I've been following have done very, very well. What is it about the country that has created this new Silicon Valley out of Europe? It, it, it's, it's an interesting question. I think it's, um, first we are, the, the company was founded uh, in, in, in Israel, but I would say that we are probably larger today in the US than, than in Israel. So we are probably a Israeli-American company today. Um, and as part of our strategy, we're acquiring company and the, Companies that we acquired are are, um, are in US, so we have more people in US than than in Israel. Um, our main offices are Israel, Kiev, New York, uh, uh, Colorado, Pittsburgh, and, and and Montreal today. Um, and to your question, I think um, I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of. Um, it, Israel is a small com- uh, country. Um, without a lot of natural resources, so so you need to um, invest in in, in other area. Mm-hmm. High tech is is one of them, and I think maybe um, um, the army is also quite um, catalyzator for for this uh, for for this type of uh, development for for the young people. And people are in the age of twenty one. After the army, they did already something. Uh, uh, significant in their life and and, and ready to um, um, to get a, um, you know a job in 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 the tech I, yep. based on their experience in the army. Yeah, so. discipline, tech savvy, and I like the necessity is the mother of invention. So uh, without exactly. natural resources, you can't rest on your laurels. I don't even know what rest on your laurels means. Actually, I don't even know what a laurel is. Anyway, that's a complete side point. Ariel, it's been awesome talking to you um is there anything you wanted to add as we conclude um no thank you very much for for your time i really enjoy our conversation and um i look forward to see this uh, video with uh, with captions yeah <laughs> hopefully we get it accurate 99 percent is what we're aiming for or 100 um, percent 
99 and above. 99.59s is what we'll aim for. Ariel, yeah. thank you <laughs> so much for being on the Tech Seeking Human podcast. And uh, I will look forward to seeing the captions of this video afterwards. Thank you very much, Dave.